0: All right, well, go ahead and open up in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 will be where we were last week, but we'll start off there again this week. It's such a joy to get to go to the Word uh, together with you all, and I was just so thankful for the way God was working in our midst last week. It was just a joy uh, to spend time with you around the Word and to see how God was moving in our midst as a, as a result of that. And um, it's it's exciting seeing God work. Is it is it not? amen is it exciting to be a part of that work that god desires to do that he's actually so good that he would call us to be used by him in the greatest work of all works right the redemption of sinful humanity and the reconciliation of them to himself through his son jesus christ i mean do we get excited about that okay a couple of us a couple of us at least We're, we'll keep praying right we'll keep we'll keep working but I just wanted to ask, I mean, I know we didn't necessarily urge you to do this last week, but did anybody get the chance to actually share the message of reconciliation with someone this last week? Okay, a few of us, right? That's exciting. That's exciting stuff. Thank you guys for actually taking, um, taking that and putting it into, into practice. And so tonight, there's, there's, really, uh, there's really four uh, things that I'm, I'm hoping... Um, that we will embrace tonight. Last week we talked about embracing our ambassador lifestyle, and uh, this week I really hope that we will embrace having these conversations where we present the gospel to others, that this will not just be something that's theoretical, that we uh, talk about and we hear messages on and we say, oh, that's... That's good. That's, that's nice. We've, we've got to remember it. So, my, my first thing, I just wanted to go back because I, I know a few of you probably weren't with us last week. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let me just read from verse 17 through the end to catch us up from where we were last week. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the first thing that I just want to, it's basically just saying what we said last week, but if you weren't with us, we, we, we recognized last week that that us that it's talking about there is not just Paul and his small ministry team to the exclusion of all other believers. That's us. Right, you, me, right, we all, as those who've been reconciled to God through Christ, have been given a role to play in God's further work of that reconciliation. That He's given us that ministry, that He's given us that message to proclaim. That God Himself, think about this, is actually going to be making His appeal to sinners through us. Right, That as we present the gospel and as we implore and plead and beg people to be reconciled, to be saved, to, to repent from their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ, it's like God is actually speaking through us. And, and some people that we bring the gospel to, he's going to snatch as, as his own. Right? He's chosen them before the foundation of the world. And he has arranged everything in all of our lives to lead us to that moment where the gospel is would be presented and proclaimed, and God's Spirit would quicken their hearts so that they can respond to the gospel in repentance and faith. A, and the old is gone, and behold, the new has, has come. And I, and I hope that as we're talking about this, that, that you realize that this is what God wants you to do, right? This isn't just something for us on staff at the church. It's not just something for the young and spunky high school students Right? It's something for each and every one of us that have been reconciled to Christ, that the reason that we are still here on this earth is to make Jesus Christ known, is to function as salt and light in the places that he has placed us. And so I just want to urge you right at, the, right at the beginning of tonight is to think through, are, are you in on that? If you're saying, hey, I've been saved, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, he has bought me, he has purchased me, I'm no longer my own, I belong to him, my life is all about him, it's no longer about me, I live, everything that I do is for him. If that's you, like, are, are you in on this mission that he has called you to be Part of now, I want you to know that that doesn 't mean that like hey if you don 't go out and you 're not actually knocking on doors, you know tomorrow that you 're necessarily in sin, but think about your life or even right here at the beginning, is that the direction that you 're headed? is that a, a purposeful intention of your life because I think that so many of us and, and even myself, I think for so many years that that was kind of a, an afterthought or something that was just kind of in the back of my mind that I knew that I should do, but it wasn't something that was in the forefront of my mind. It wasn't something that was leading my life, that was directing my thoughts and my affections and what I wanted to do when I had free time. And, and as God has helped me to grow in my understanding of his word and my obedience to him, like I, I get fired up now to talk about Jesus Christ and to bring this message of reconciliation to people, Right. And it has so many effects in my life. Right. That there's times where, you know, I could just be tempted to waste time on things that aren't necessarily sinful. Right. Just, you know, watching a sporting event. And there's there's things that I'm like, hey, that's not necessarily wrong to do that. But I'm excited. Right. Like I'm pumped to serve the Lord. Right. So talking about him with someone else is not a burden to me. It's a it's a joy. And I just want to ask you, is, is that what you're in for? It right. doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to be physically knocking on doors or you know, grabbing your proverbial soapbox and standing upon it with your little you know belt looped speaker or something like that shouting the gospel. But is there a distinct intentionality in your life to pursue nonbelievers with the gospel? Right? To pursue them with this message of reconciliation? And, and I just want to ask you that. At the beginning, because tonight is going to be a little bit different, right? If you're, if you're new to Lakeside on Wednesday nights, on Sunday mornings, we're Lakeside Bible Church, right? We, we, we love the Bible so much as God's word that we put it front and center in the name of, of the church. And so everything we do is focused on the Bible, right? So we want to learn God's word. We want to have a steady diet of solid biblical teaching. But ultimately, we want that, that word to transform us and motivate us, and change us, and and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a lot of times where we're teaching and we're working through passage, but there's also going to be times where we're training, right, that we just don't want to talk about, you know, something as like I was doing a seminar, just an informational kind of, this is going to be more of a how-to, let's actually practice. This is going to feel tonight a little bit more like a workshop than a than a sermon, right, because it is my prayer that God will actually use you to make his appeal to someone else, to be reconciled to him, right? Like, I hope that excites you. I hope that that doesn't freak you out. We tried to even end last week with just thinking about, hey, wh- look of what I have done to Christ. But yet, if I, if I serve him, right, and that, that brings him glory and that magnifies his work, like, that fills me with great, great Joy. So, so tonight we're going to do a few things a little bit differently. Like, like we might move around a little bit. I'm actually going to ask questions that I expect responses to. I don't. Can we do that, Mike? Is that is is that all right? Well, he says, give not a lot of confidence from Mike Goins there. Uh, But I hope that I hope that we'll be able to to talk and think and and and. Uh, think through things together because I hope that this is something where your mind is truly engaged not just on a theoretical conceptual level but because you think hey I'm actually going to do this with someone else this week right I, I want to encourage and exhort you to intentionally pursue a non-Christian with the gospel this week right and, I mean we might try to have those conversations and doors are just shut in our face and, and okay but let's try to be intentional that at some point this next week, maybe I, even as we talk about the gospel, you've got people in your mind that you've been praying for and, and thinking about, and this is just going to be one more, one more encouragement in that direction to say, hey, this week, invite them to lunch, invite them to breakfast, catch up with them, see how, see how they're doing, and then just ask for the opportunity to tell them the good news of, of Jesus Christ, right? I hope, I hope that that's, we're all united, that that's the direction where we're hoping that this series heads, right? We, we really truly hope and pray, Ken and I as we've been working through this and praying about it together, that we don't just walk away from the summer with a lot more information about being salt and light, but that we actually are salt and light in our, in our community. So, so what I wanna ask you to do, if you were here last week, I gave you one of these. Now, let's just see, right? I've got some experience with giving, you know, junior hires and high schoolers assignments and things that I'm hoping that they will, will do and bring back, uh, you know. So I just want to see how we do here in, in, the, ma- in the main service. So did, did any, does anybody have this? Like I asked you, you know, to bring it back. Oh, Linda Bohm has it, and she's got it filled out. That is awesome, right? How many of you guys are searching for a shovel to tunnel out of? The room at this at this moment don't feel don't feel bad. What it was is it was a gospel worksheet that just had a few simple questions that really want. I was just trying to encourage us to think about the gospel and to think about hey, if I was given four minutes of time from a non believer and I, and they just allowed me to speak and they paid attention what would I tell them? I think a lot of us, we've thought about you know, acronyms and we've thought about some useful frames for the gospel, but the gospel, right, we need to be fluent in it. We need to be ready at the moment's notice. So just assume that like, these next four minutes right now are that, that opportunity that you've been praying for, you've been seeking after, you've been asking the Lord to give you, and then all of a sudden, you've got their attention, they're willing to listen, what would you Say, so I think it'd actually be helpful for all of us, right? If you just paired up with one other person that's here tonight, and for the next four minutes, like one of you, share the gospel with the other, and then we'll do four more minutes where we switch. I mean, this is radical stuff here, sharing, practicing sharing the gospel with each other, right? But we need to be in practice of sharing the gospel right we need to have it where it is ready it is at the ready we are ready to proclaim this good message of reconciliation that God has given us so if, if you're like whoa this is my first time here I don't even know anybody else that's okay don't don't feel don't feel pressure or if you just feel like man I am nowhere near close uh, to being ready to share the gospel like be, that's okay be honest with yourself but jump in with another group and then just listen in. But I want to encourage you. I know we've been encouraging a lot of our high school uh, students to think through the gospel and practice it this week. So some of them should already be ready who were at Soul Winners this last week. So let's actually do that right now. Let's actually have it where we pair up with someone else. And I don't want to be here and talk about the Houston Texans or this golf tournament. Like, let's focus on the gospel, pair up with someone else, even maybe be willing to grab someone that you don't know. Whoa, that's a novel concept, okay? So I'm going ca- to set a timer for four minutes. There we are. Go for it. Where is she? Got it, got about ninety seconds left, ninety seconds left in our first round. Wait, wait for the next four minutes. Wait, is it like four minutes one person? Yeah. five four three two one all right so finish up four minutes goes by pretty fast it it goes by pretty fast so even if you didn't get all the way through it let's switch so whoever was just listening you go ahead and take a crack at it if you're up for it four more minutes four more minutes about 90 more seconds, 90 more seconds. Wrap it up in the next 10 seconds or so. Maybe talk about some repentance, some faith. You don't want to shut down people sharing the gospel, but. All right, well, let's try to, let's try to come back together. If you moved around, you can regain your, regain your seat. So let's, let's come back together as a large, I feel bad shutting down people sharing the gospel. That's, uh, hey, well, the good news about tonight is that we've got more time to talk about the gospel even afterwards. So if this was maybe one of your first times hearing the gospel from someone Right, like, continue that conversation afterwards. Right, it's the most important conversation you'll ever have in your entire life is hearing the good news of Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. So, so let me just ask you, how, how did that go? Good. good, right? Okay. How many of you felt like just being honest with yourself? There was a little bit of rust, right? You shaking off some cobwebs, right? You. Working on something that's, that's been a little while, okay? Now, how many, of you, um, how many of you, as you went through it, you felt like you were already editing what you would do in the, in the, real, in the real game, right? Anybody, anybody feel, like, feel like that? Okay. There, this is why we're doing this, right? This is a, an opportunity for us to continue to search for clarity. But really, what we want to be ready to do is to present the gospel completely and clearly right that that i think is a, if we've got this message of reconciliation that god has entrusted to us we want to make sure that we want to say what god says that we're communicating everything that's important that god says to this to this person and that we're representing our king who has sent us accurately right that we're not we're not creating confusion about the truth of the gospel in the mind of someone else that we're doing everything that we can to help this message of reconciliation be crystal clear in their in their hearts and minds so that they can understand it and so that they can they can re- respond to it, um, did anybody feel like at the end i mean I, sorry about the four minutes right that 's you know Lord willing, uh, when we actually get to talk with people about the gospel, we have more more time than than uh, than four minutes. Um, but as, as, as you went through it, how many of you as, you, as you heard someone else or even as you thought about yourself, you thought, okay, well, maybe there was something important to share that I missed, right? Or if I had to do that over again, I would be like, oh, man, I totally forgot about the resurrection, right? I got to talk about Jesus isn't still dead, right? He's not still in the tomb. Let's make sure there's clarity on, on that, right? Um, how many of you... Uh, how many of you, like, uh, was God's judgment brought up in, in all these gospel conversations we were having? Was, was some bad news brought up that makes good news actually super great and amazing? I hope, uh, I hope that it was. And it's so important that, 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 we, that we strive for this, right? Because we live in a day and age where the gospel is not presented clearly and completely. Do we, do we not, right? Don't we see false gospels that are actually just partial gospels, Right? If, if we could say in our society in America, what is you know, the one element of the gospel that's highlighted so much, but often to the exclusion of almost all other elements of, of the gospel, what would we say that is? God's love, right? Okay, I hear that all, all over the room. That, hey, do we want to proclaim that God loves people? Do we want to shout that from the rooftops, write that in the sky, write songs about that? Have Crystal Aguila sing them for, for us, right? At a, right, we absolutely, uh, but what's the problem if you talk about God's love and that's where the conversation starts and finishes? Okay, yeah, we, why, why, okay, so that's sweet, God, I must be really great, right, for God to love me, I, I really knew it was, my mom was right, right, she, <laughs> she, she told it to me straight, um, Right. That yeah. If we don't see a need for God's love, right, we don't really Like, in, in mo- if we just talk about the love of God, is there actually clarity on what that means? Right. As far as God has presented us uh, presented it to us in His Word, the Bible. Right. That God's love is a saving love. It's a it's a love that doesn't just say you're okay. Let me love you and make you a little bit better. It's a love that says you're my enemy. You're, you're, you're rebelling against me, but yet I am so loving that I will choose to love you, even though you in no way, shape, or form deserve it. Right? So we want to make sure that we present the gospel completely and, and clearly, right? That there's no key things that, that we're missing, right? Now, now, can someone understand the gospel without understanding everything that's in the Bible? right okay, so so let's just remember that there are certain things like whether you know uh, you know should we use should we talk about a premillennial uh, rapture, maybe in our four minute gospel presentation, right okay, not necessarily wrong to, we, we absolutely believe that that's what the Bible teaches, but there there are certain things that are crucial that without which you will not be saved, and there are other things that as a person get saved, we'll want to walk through with them everything that the Bible teaches and really teach them to follow everything that Christ, that Christ commands. One thing I think it's always helpful uh, to think about, how many of you caught yourself using a word that we understand here in the room, but a normal person who maybe doesn't have a church background, or maybe does have a church background, but you know, just doesn't really know all the, all the terminology and the, the lingo... Um, do we catch ourselves using some words that, like, just using that word wouldn't necessarily clearly communicate to someone who doesn't understand what we're talking about already, that we would have to almost teach them what we're meaning by that word? So we just want to choose a word that's very clear and, and understandable. What, any, anybody, some of those words that were, Jacob? What's that? Repent. Okay. That's a word that we understand. We, we love that. Um, but a, a normal person, right? Right. Not, not in the Roman military, right? They, they, they probably don't get that as, as clearly as, as we do. Okay, what other words? Chloe? Sanctified. Sanctified. Ooh. It's a $2 word, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, sanctified. Any other, anything else? Yeah, Lynn? Propitiation. Oh, yes, right? Him to be the propitiation for our sins. Absolutely, right? The blood sacrifice that pays, pays our debt. Carl? Set apart, okay, yeah. You probably want to clarify what are we talking about being set apart from, yeah. Repentance, Repentance. yeah. What else, Sonny? Okay, sin, right? Like even the word sin probably needs some clarifying, right? Do Do people in the world today truly have a biblical understanding of what sin, sin really is? Okay, so we want to present the gospel in a way that's complete and clear. And, and what I'd like to ask you to Anybody, one more question before we, we move on, but anybody uh, either use or hear someone else use? I know there's a lot of, of gospel summaries out there that are helpful ways to remember the content of the gospel. Anybody use or or hear used one of those? Like, did the Romans Road get busted out? God, man, anybody, God, man, Jesus, you was kind of a, a helpful, helpful kind of like, um, you know, kind of bullet points to help us to. Uh, approach that that clarity right there's the you know um, some of you guys who have been going through partners may be familiar with the umbrella analogy that some people have used uh, there's the Romans road there's the you know the the wordless book where it's just colors and let me take that color and explain it to you we've got cubes you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of helpful tools that can help us to uh, proceed with with clarity in in the gospel, and and it's good for us to remember that you know it, there's no passage in the Bible where it's like here's the word for word script that you use to present it, right? Like there, you know, we don't have that one Bible passage where it's like, well, you just go there and you just read this word word for word. So we want to make sure that we're communicating the gospel. Clearly, in a way that's understandable to people. And a lot of times, uh, thinking through the order that we present the gospel in is maybe one of the most helpful things for us to think through, right? Because if we don't present the gospel in order, uh, you know, could there be some confusion that happens when when someone's hearing it? Could Could we agree for this? So let's just think together for a moment what is at the heart of the gospel? Jesus, thank you, right? Jesus is at the heart of the gospel, right? If we uh, talk about the gospel but we do not mention Jesus Christ, we've missed the the whole the whole ball game, right? The whole Bible is about Jesus Christ, and so at the heart of the gospel is Jesus Christ. But if you go right there at the beginning, what is there going to be a lot of confusion about? Who is he? Absolutely. Why, why Jesus? Yeah, why do, we, why do we need him, right? So before we talk about Jesus, what do we need to talk about before that? God, okay. So we need to talk about God. Uh, you know, and I, I would say that it, we should start with God. I would recommend starting with God, right? I think God really is the ultimate context that, through which we can go through the story that makes sense uh, to people but if we were going to talk about okay if, if Jesus is ultimately where we want to head to where we want to get to if that's the heart at which we're aiming at and we have to talk about God before that but we also have to talk about what sin, sin. we also have to talk about sin right that that the reason that Jesus Christ is so good is that he saves us from our from our sin, right? That he came to redeem us. He came to purchase us back from our from our lawlessness and redeem us out of all of our transgressions and trespasses. So we have to talk about sin before we talk about Jesus. But what do we have to talk about before we can talk about sin? We have to talk about God, right? And what I, sometimes uh, I love God, man, Jesus, you. I, th- I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a very succinct uh, summary. Sometimes I kind of break it out to Seven kind of helpful steps uh, in, in my mind i I always start with with God right and, and I think we 've got to lead off with what we 're what 's the best part right is that in, in the gospel we get reconciled to God right this message of reconciliation like where why is this good news it 's that we get brought back to to God. So we've got we to start there. We've got to start with what's the best thing that the gospel gives us, right? Yes, we get freed from hell, but if we just got freed from hell and we're just kind of wandering out there aimlessly, that is not nearly as good as if we are saved from hell and God's wrath for our sin, but then we're adopted into God's family, and now we have a relationship with the God of the universe that we can address as our Father. I mean, that, that is far surpassing in its greatness and excellence just getting out of God's punishment, just getting out of hell, right? So I always start with, with God, and, and we want to, like, what do people misunderstand about God? Where is there a lack of clarity about God in our society and in our culture? Okay, yeah, so he's, he's not a man like us, right? But what are some common misunderstandings that people have about God that we need to proclaim the truth about God as he's revealed himself in the Bible? He's personal. All right. So, a lot of people, it's like God is just kind of way, way out there, kind of somewhere in the distance. Absolutely. Yeah. He's just. He's just. All right. So, a lot of people, they don't, they think that, hey, there's some kind of standard outside of God by which we should judge God. Right. But we have to help them to understand that, hey, God is actually the standard of righteousness and justice and perfection. Right. There is no other standard by which He can be measured because He is. He is perfect, right? So he's, he's just. What else? He's, he's immortal. immortal, right? We could go through, we could go through all, of, all of God's attributes. Holiness, right? That a lot of people want to think that sin is really no big deal to the Lord, right? That it's not, that, that he, he's okay living in connection with, with sin, right? We have to understand and explain his holiness, right? That he hates sin. He's utterly set apart from sin. Yeah, Carl? Yeah what was really Yeah: Yeah, we like to be kind of in the driver's seat of history, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps and, and, and everything. obviously, right? Um, do most people have like a positive view of God, or they, when they think of God, is that exciting? To them, do they do they think glory, majesty? Like I'm amazed at, at this God at all, right? We've got such a low view of God, right? That we think that God is like a, a an old, curmudgeonly man, right? Who's just kind of sitting up there, you know, wringing his hands, you, you know, unhappy about things and the way things are going in our in our society, right? We we've got to help. I want to encourage you as you talk about God. Talk about him in a, in a way that he deserves to be talked about, right? Because God is amazing and majestic, and 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 glorious, and He is no small God. And and really, like we who have been brought into a relationship with Him, we're we're gonna spend all of eternity marveling at Him and and, and rejoicing in Him that that we would know Him and and we will we will never tire of of looking at at His. His glory. I mean, we think of Moses, right, who goes to the Lord and requests. He says, Please show me your glory, right? That's, that's the request of Moses in Exodus chapter, chapter 33. So I, I want, even as we start with, with God, like we can just kind of start rattling off attributes and, and we need to communicate with clarity who God is as He's revealed Himself. But let's just make sure that we're talking about God in a way that makes Him sound good. Because is He good? Right, we don't have to make him sound good because he is good. Let's just talk about him in a way that adequately, even begins to start to reflect how great and how majestic and glorious and awesome he is. That he's the one that, in his presence, people fall down as as dead people because they can't even process or handle the weight of his glory and of his of his perfection. Right. So, so as we're talking about God, let's let's talk about God in a way that's exciting, right? Let's not let us be this dull, well, God is holy, God is just, you know, let's, let's, let's do communicate those things, but in a way that says, hey, this God is worthy of worship. This God is worthy of praise. You, sh- you should want to be in a relationship with this God, you know, a kind of a, a legal uh, God who's, who's in the heavens with a big old gavel. That doesn't necessarily, you know, garner in someone's heart the desire that, I want to be with this God. I want to know this God. I want, to, I want to have a relationship with this God. I want to, I want to enjoy this God. I want to worship this, this God, right? So as we talk about God, we've got to talk about his attributes. We've got to talk about his justice, his hatred of, of sin. But we've got to talk about his, his greatness, his, his majesty, right? And we've we've got to talk about the reason that he created was to magnify his greatness and display his greatness, right? That the heavens are telling of the... The glory, the glory of of God, right, that the earth is revealing his handiwork, that all of his creation was purposed to bring him honor, to show him off as the amazing and majestic that when we think about what God has created and we think about that God is better than what he has made, right, that should just blow our mind as we think about the intricacies of our bodies, the, the solar system, the, the the beauty underwater in the oceans that so few people even get to to see right that 's all showing god 's glory and, and ultimately, we were created for god 's glory right we were created to glorify God right that 's our our purpose right is to glorify God, enjoy him forever. I love what John Piper says right that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him, right? That we can kind of have a life that, yeah, we acknowledge that God is great and God is awesome and majestic, but really I'm more satisfied in something else than God. That, that, that cheapens God's worth, right? That does not show him to be the ultimate treasure and infinite value and supreme being that he really is is, right? So after I talk about God, even before we get to sin, I talk about why was mankind created, right? We were created to be in a special relationship with God, that we are unlike all the rest of God's creation, right? He created us to relate to him, right? And, and that relationship was on his terms, right? Like we didn't get to choose the terms of the agreement of our relationship with him. He really set it up. And that, that relationship was meant to be that we love God more than anything else, right? That we love the creator more than the creation, right? That he's our treasure. He's our, he's our joy. He is our great delight. And he's in charge, he, he calls the shots, right? If he tells us to do something because of how great he is and because how, how loving he is and how good that he is, like it's no trouble for us to obey him, right? Because we know his commands are not meant to stifle our happiness but really to fulfill our happiness, right? That God's commands, you will be the most happy when you are the most obedient to, to the Lord, right? That God's designed his commands for our, for our good and for his for his glory, right? That we've, cre- we've been created by God for this, right? So does that maybe bring a little bit of clarity to what sin actually is, right? Because when we talk about sin, so many people are thinking, you know, what, what is sin? And most people are thinking that, like, I haven't sinned, right? Sin is that thing that other people have done, those, those murderers, right? Those, you know, the, the people in ISIS who are beheading people. Or, you know, if we're of a conservative background, you know, homosexuals are the ones who have sinned. You know, I've been in church my, my, my whole life, right? Sin is something that other people do or other, other people are thinking, well, who gets to decide what's sin and what's not? Who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? I mean, don't we see that in our society all, all over the place, right? And so we look at the fall, when we look at sin, what happened is that we really turned aside from what we were created to be about. Right? that we were created to love God more than anything else and to obey his commands and on both aspects of that relationship we've we've turned aside. Romans 3:23, right, says that we have all sinned, right? We've broken God's law. We've broken his commandments. James 2.10 would help us to know that, hey, even if we've broken one of God's commandments, we are a lawbreaker, right? We're as guilty as if we had, we had broken all of God's commandments, right? There's nobody who's not guilty of breaking God's commands. None of us are righteous. No not, no, not one. But yet we've also fallen short of the glory of God, right? That we have sinned and we have fallen short of adequately giving God the glory of God. That he deserves, treating him as he deserves to be treated because of who he is and of his majesty and of his supremeness. And because of that, we were separated from God. This, This relationship that Adam and Eve got to enjoy before the fall, each and every single human being, apart from Jesus Christ, that relationship has been altered, right? That relationship of perfect union, and we get to walk with God. Right, that that's been changed as a result of the fall, right? That uh, God says in Isaiah 59 that your sins have made a separation between you and I, right? That all of us are are separated from God and we deserve God's punishment. Ephesians two, three. We're children of wrath, like the, the rest of mankind. He who not does not believe in, in the Son, the wrath of God abides on him. John three. 36, right? That's hard news to tell people, right? That because of your sin, because you have rejected God's design for you, because you have rebelled against Him, like you deserve God's punishment, right? And, and, and it's really bad when we tell people, and there's nothing that you can do about it on your own, right? Like you're in slavery to your sin and you can't break free in your own power. Under your, under your, your own, you can't just choose to start doing better, right? That once you've broken God's law, you are, you are guilty. And no amount of trying to do better, no amount of going to church, no amount of, of good things will reconcile you to the Lord, right? So we've talked about God. We've talked about man, why, why he's been created. We've talked about that we've all fallen away from God's, God's design for us. But the good news is that God offers us. Something right. It's not something that we went to God and we said, "Hey, God, what do you think if we uh, if we do this? Can we make it up to you?" Right. Like God is the one who initiated this message of reconciliation. And reconciliation is really what he offers us, right? That's the message that we talked about last week in 2 Corinthians 5. It's the message of reconciliation that God has said, hey, I'm going to make a way, right? And all throughout the Old Testament, we see glimpses and foreshadowings of this, that there is going to be this one, this offspring, even in Genesis 3, who is going to crush the head of the serpent, right? That even the good news is starting to be proclaimed before there's utter clarity on who that person is going to be and what his name is, that we know it's Jesus because we have the whole story. But all throughout the Old Testament, we see God proclaiming that there's going to be the Messiah, right? There's going to be this one from, from the seed of Abraham, from the line of David, who's going to come. And what is that one going to do? He's going to save us from our sins. He's going to reconcile us to God, right? So we have to help people to know that even before we start talking to G- about Jesus, that 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 God has made a way for us to be reconciled to him. He's made a way for us, for our sin to be paid for, and for us to be brought back into this relationship with him that he created us to to enjoy. And how does that happen? It's through Jesus, right? It's through Jesus Christ that he is the Messiah. 1 Peter 3, 18 says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Right, that he might reconcile us, right, that that's where we preach the gospel, that you're a sinner, and I'm, I'm a sinner, and there's no way that I can make myself clean, but even as we looked at 2 Corinthians five twenty one, right, that God made Jesus to be sin on our behalf so that we who were, who were sinners could become the righteousness of God, could be declared righteous in him, right, that Jesus Christ came, and, and he wasn't just a guy, right, he was God actually taking on flesh, and he lived the perfect life that you haven't lived. And he died on the cross so that he could bear the weight of God's wrath for sinners like, like you and me. And the good news of the gospel is that God is willing to allow Jesus to take your place. Right? On the cross, he can completely pay for God's wrath for your sin and absorb it all. Right? He takes it all in your place. And his righteousness, his righteous life that he has, he's willing to credit that to your account. He's willing to treat you as if you had lived the perfect and righteous life of Jesus Christ, that you're now, you can now be made acceptable to God. Where you were once separated from your sin, now you can be brought near and, and be adopted into his family. And, and we know that that God has accepted Jesus' sacrifice because he's not dead anymore, that he rose from the dead and conquered sin and death. For, I mean, can we just say an amen at, at, at that point, right? Abso, absolutely, right? That as we as we talk about this, we get to Jesus, and at that point, hey, it's clear what sin is, right? It's, it's clear what God's wrath is for my sin. It's, it's clear that, that I'm a sinner. And so when we get to Jesus, hopefully if we've worked through everything leading up to Jesus, Jesus just shines, right? That he is, he is glorious, that that. That, that Jesus Christ is magnified and his work is glorified and treasured and seen as, seen as precious. All right, so we go through that and we've proclaimed the gospel. That's the good news, that Jesus Christ came to save us from our sin. But we also, as we looked at last week, we need to be in the business of pleading with people. Right, that as we plead with them, that we are imploring them, be reconciled to God. How is one? How does one respond to this good news in the gospel so that it results in salvation? What does Jesus calls to do in Mark 1.15? Right, he comes on the scene. The time is now. Two things, right? Repent. And believe in the gospel, right? And and so we even explain, hey, that that before you know your life is really you're treasuring other things rather rather than God. You're 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 wanting to choose your own rules. You're wanting to go your own way. You're wanting to rebel against. God's rule, and in repentance, we turn around and we return to where God originally created us to be, that we're all about him, right? My, my life is no longer about me. I no longer live for myself. I live for him who for my sake died and was raised, 2 Corinthians 5.15. And now I am eager to submit to whatever he wants, right? Whatever Jesus, whatever God tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it with my whole, my whole heart, right? My, uh, my, my desire is to be pleasing to the Lord and to magnify him and obey him in everything that I do. That's gotta be a conscious choice that someone makes. That they say, hey, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I am going to live for the Lord and I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus Christ. That rather than putting my trust in my own works and my own goodness, the fact that my parents are Christians or I go to church, that I'm gonna completely stake all of my hope on the finished work of Jesus Christ for me. Right? That if anybody asks me, you know, hey, if you were to go up to heaven and God were to say, why would I let you in? My answer is, is Jesus. There's no reason besides Jesus why I can be acceptable to the Lord. Right? My faith is totally founded on Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. Not, not mostly Jesus and partly me, right? but completely, 100%, faith in Jesus Christ. That it's, it's not my works, it's his grace, and that, that is what my faith alone is in, is the finished work of Jesus Christ for me, right? That we, we, we walk through them and say, hey, if, if you want to be reconciled to God and, and God has made a way for you to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, repent and believe, right? Turn from your sins, put your faith in Jesus Christ and you will be saved, right? I always think, also one more thing just to note, I always think it's good uh, to help people know what they're getting into, Right, Jesus said, you know, in Luke 14, to to count the cost, right? To help people to consider, right? Jesus said in Luke 9:23, if anyone wants to come after me to be my my follower, uh, but is not willing to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. We have to help people understand, hey, this isn't a small one-time, not going to change anything about your life kind of kind of deal. This is everything. Right? This, is, this is you finding that treasure, finding that pearl of great price in the field, and you're saying, that's so valuable that I will be willing to sell everything that I have in order to obtain it. That Even though I might give up every single thing that I might call my own, even the way I think about myself, but in the end, I get more than everything in return through Jesus Christ. So I hope that just talking about the gospel, right, that that, that that helps refine, right, that we're all continuing to think about the way that we're presenting the gospel completely and clearly, right? If, you know, hopefully you've got a, you know, a, a plethora of, of good gospel summaries and helpful tools that can just help provide you clarity. I've provided one on the back table tonight. If you don't have one already, I don't, it's not necessarily the best one that's, that's out there. But I hope that we continue to think and continue to find, like, hey, am I, am I presenting the gospel in a way that people are going to understand it and are going to every, understand everything that God wants them to know so that they can be, so that they can be saved? I just want to bring up one thing very briefly, just as kind of a, even a preview for what Ken will, will speak on next week. But at, at this point right now, do you believe that you're ready? Okay, well, okay. Some of us are like, "Well, I need some more practice," you know. So, let's get at, let's get after it. right? I, I think maybe the best practice that exists is actually talking to nonbelievers about the gospel. Right? That doesn't way it doesn't feel cheesy, and we're here at Lakeside Bible Church that this is this is the real. And when you have a, a living soul in front of you that that will perish apart from Jesus Christ, like that that will give you some motivation, right? To to plead with them and to be accurate and be be clear, but I hope turn, turn with me just very quickly to second Corinthians, just go back if you 're in second Corinthians five still to to verse twelve of chapter three and I, and I just wanted to encourage you with this because uh, as I mentioned last week I, I feel like the number one reason that I, when I talk to people that there 's hesitance uh, to to witness to evangelize is i don 't know what to say, right? And and, and as I've talked about with, with people, the second one of the second most common um, answers that I get from people is that, what do I do if they ask me a question that I don't know how to how to answer? And Ken will be walking through, but but I just wanted to mention this for for just a moment. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse twelve. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. And catch this, please, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns, you might even say when one repents, to the Lord, the veil is removed. Right? As, as Paul's talking about the Israelites and even just their hardness of heart and their, their lack of understanding... That even though, you know, Paul could go to the Old Testament and show them time after time that, hey, this is all talking just like Jesus did on the road to Emmaus He went through the Old Testament with his disciples and said, hey, let me just show you how this was all pointing to me. And he opened their eyes to understand that. that as Paul talks about these Israelites, that they, he says, hey, there's a veil that lies over their understanding, a veil that lies over their hearts, and only through Christ is it taken away. And there's a similar veil that lies over the hearts and minds of many people today, right? They, 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 they won't, they're like, I, I can't trust the reliability of these manuscripts, right? Um, does God even exist? You know, what, what about the atrocities that people have committed in the name of Christ, you know what about Westboro Baptist Church? You know what do I do? You know everybody will have a lot. Their, nonbelievers will have many objections to the gospel. I, I like to think of it sometimes when when Charlie was a little bit younger, right? As parents, you you, you know that that bedtime sometimes can be a, a little bit of a, a struggle for for young children, right? They they can want to stay up past their bed bedtime, right? And as we would put. Charlie uh, uh, to bed many times, uh, it, it was like things that he did not care about whatsoever, right? He had not played with it, that toy in like two months. Uh, all of a sudden, right at bedtime, it becomes the most important toy in the world to him. And, oh, I need to play with it right and even though he's just had two full you know cups of juice and milk and water right oh i need more my my throat is so dry right like that all of these things it's like charlie is there and he is trying to cling to anything that he can grasp onto right you literally see him looking around the room what can i talk to them about that will you know get me a few more minutes right what bargaining chip can i use to my aid here and that's the same thing that happens when you talk about the gospel with people, right? Like a lot of people don't really care about the reliability of manuscripts, right? They're not going back to, you know, the Odyssey and being like, oh, I don't know if that's really the way it was written. Maybe it was edited, right? Like that's just not what people, what people do. They don't care about that at all, right? But when you start bringing the gospel, it's like, well, I don't know if we can, we can trust this, right? That as you talk about the gospel with someone, they might bring up a lot of their Objections. They might bring up a lot of things that, that, you know, and it's almost like they are just throwing a smoke screen down. It's like, pff, 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 pff. And, and they want you to get distracted from that, right? They, you, they want you to tra- chase them down every single rabbit trail that they're going to put in front of you. And so I, I just want to encourage you, right? Well, what is the mechanism that God has used to save people? What has power for salvation? It's the gospel, right? And is, ultimately, is it ultimately going to be us that saves someone? No, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that, that makes them alive. And, and so I want to encourage you, right? Like if you know the gospel, you're ready to present it clearly and completely, go, go and present it, right? Go and share this message of, of reconciliation. And, and as, people, as people try to throw down their smoke screens and they try to, to, to grab and cling at anything else, that they can you you stay focused on the gospel, right? You make sure that you present the gospel completely and clearly, right? And and after that, there's time for us to talk about their questions, you know. So, so just say, hey, you, you mind if I just kind of give you the big picture of what the Bible's all about? It'll just take a few minutes, right? And then if you got questions afterwards, let's talk about it. But let, let me just let me just present it to you, right? Like you ask people that, and lots of times they will say yes. Don't don't put your confidence in your transition. Right? Don't put your confidence in how smooth you are. Don't, don't put your confidence in yourself to be able to, to answer every question. Right? like Praise God that there are answers to those questions. But a lot of times, they won't even be willing to hear those answers because their heart is veiled. Right? And only when they come to Christ is that going to be taken away. Right? People are not going to be willing to trust in the reliability of biblical manuscripts until they trust in Christ. Right, until they trust in God. Right? You, you, you may not convince someone for the existence of God until they come to Christ. You right, might not convince them that the world was created versus evolving over random chance mutations over billions and billions of years. Right? But let the gospel be the context through which you address all of their questions. Right? Because once they know the gospel, right, God is able to use that message of reconciliation to plead with them to be reconciled To him, right, and if ultimately, if it's going to happen, it's not going to be my smoothness, right? Ken and I were even talking today about, you know, times where we shared the gospel. It's like, oh, I wish I would have said this this way versus this way. But ultimately, if the if God has chosen them, right, if if the Father is going to draw them, if the Spirit is going to regenerate them, like we've got to be asking Him to do things that we can't do. You know, so I just want to plead with you, right? Hopefully, this has been some good practice, some good things to think about. But in the end, put your confidence in the gospel, right? Put your confidence in this message that God has delivered to us and wants us to deliver to others, right? That that's our job, right? That's our job is to to bring the gospel through, which he will will save many, right? He will save people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and and will bring them to himself, right, to worship him for forever, right? So we've got to put our confidence in the gospel, and then we've got to actually ask God to save people. Right, we had the the joy of on Sunday night uh, at CBS. We had a, a young guy come, and you know, we've been uh, one of our students has been sharing the gospel with him at, at his work, and and you know, talk, talking with him. We had the the opportunity that like we got to just pursue him, right, and help him to you know, we just presented the message of reconciliation uh, to him. And and as some of us were were talking with him, the rest of us were were praying. Right, there's like little prayer meetings busting out in in the college ministry that. You know, I want to encourage you, like, be, be begging the Lord to save, right? As, you, as you're talking with someone, I mean, even tomorrow night as we go out with the high school students, we'll be going out in twos, right? That as one of us is sharing the gospel, the other one is praying. The other one is praying for God to be gracious to that person, that he would draw them to himself, that he would save them, right? So as, as we look at this, let's put our confidence in the gospel and let's ask God to do what, he, what we know he wants to do, what we know he has planned to do before the foundation of the world is to draw sinners to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and to save them, And we get to be a part of that. Uh, So I hope, hope this has kind of stirred your thoughts a little bit. And I want to encourage you, as I did at the beginning, share this news, right? Proclaim this message this week. Pray for someone, right? Pray for boldness for yourself if you lack courage. Go do it with someone else, here at Lakeside Bible Church, you know, and and think about that if each and every one of us is going out with this good news, like God has said, hey, these these fields are ripe for harvest, right? We don't know if if God would say to us, as he would say to Paul, I have many people in this city that I've planned on saving, right? We don't know what God's gonna do, but we wanna be faithful to to do this message of reconciliation and to present it to those who need it. Let me pray and ask for God's help. God, we, we love you, and, uh, Lord, we thank you that for so many of us, God, we, uh, we have been reconciled to you through your son, Jesus Christ. God, that we who were far off have been brought near by the blood of your son. And, and so, God, we just want our joy in you to be rich and full. God, we want to see your glory. Lord, we want to be, behold with unveiled face the glory, your glory in the face of Jesus Christ and worship you and adore you and treasure you. Lord, we want what you've done for us in Christ to be so precious to us that we can't help but share it with others. But God, we also just want to be faithful to rightly divide your word, Lord, to present it clearly, Lord. We don't want to tamper with the truth. We don't want to uh, not say the hard things so that people will will, uh, respond to it. God, we know that you are powerful, Lord, and that uh, if you are drawing a sinner to yourself, that you will um, convince them that they are a sinner. Lord, you, they, you will convince them that there is nothing that they can do on their own to make themselves righteous, and you will cause them to run to Jesus Christ. So God, I pray that, that you would be so gracious to save many who don't know you, and Lord, that you would give us boldness, Lord, that you would not allow us to, uh, Lord, abdicate our responsibility to be your ambassadors. And to proclaim your message, but Lord, that with boldness and confidence in your power and confidence in the power of this message that you've entrusted to us, God, that we would go out and that we would seek to share this, Lord, that we would that we would really seek to have these types of conversations, Lord, that we would ask people for the opportunity to share this good news that we have even this week, Lord, and and Lord, we pray that through that, that your name would be honored and your name would be magnified in the work of your Son. Lord, that that we would see that your grace abounds and that your mercy is deep and rich and that it extends to even people that we have uh, no hope for. Lord, that you would uh, amaze us at your power and at your grace. So we just want to be faithful to you, God, and we need your help to do that. God, we need you work in our hearts, so please do that for your glory, we pray. Amen.